Hey, it is Wednesday, March 14th, 2007. This is the Fanboy Planet Podcast. Special short edition. <laughs> short man edition. Short man edition. Tonight, it's two of the of the usual suspects. This is Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of FanboyPlanets.com. This is with Brett Schneider and manning the boards and everything else. You're filling in for yourself as well because you're ordinarily here. That's true. We have that no theme true. song. We have no Rick Brettschneider. He's off at a conference. We have no Andy Mead. We're not sure why we don't have an Andy. But we do have Steve Simonetti in the background. That's right. Yay! Woo! Steve Simonetti's here. And we also have, perhaps, uh, later on this evening in a special segment, we may have Al Deal coming in with some of his opinions. Uh, he's the Fanboy Planet Facilities Manager, doing a fantastic job with our office space. Which, it is looking sharp. Which does, it is looking sharp. I wonder how many people believe me when I say things like that. I'm not sure. A little Mikey Wagger up in up in Canada. I shouldn't call him little Mikey. Great guy. He actually uh, he, I get an email again from him. Oh, really? Saying he had uh, read the the first novel that book uh, of that uh, series that just debuted on Sci-Fi about the uh, magician, the guy that uses magic. The Dresden Dolls. The Dresden Files. Oh, Dresden, Dresden Files. Dolls. Sorry. Dresden Files. And so he said he really didn't like the show, but he really liked the book as a result of uh, a little article we ran on Family Planet. So, oh, see, we books. are changing the world. Uh, one book at a time. One fanboy at a, a, at a time. Take back from the authors. He also recommended one to me, and unfortunately, I did not print out the. E- I got another email this week, and so I, I need to apologize up top for this. I printed the emails out, left them on my desk at work instead of here, where we're broadcasting from the fanboyplanet.comics shop. The only place I buy my comics. Indeed. Uh, and that is, uh, so Mike, next week I will acknowledge the book you told me about. It sounded like an Arthurian saga thing that was very interesting. Uh, but a woman wrote to me, and I'm going to write a piece for the website so people can come in, about an auction in Vancouver with celebrity uh, signed teddy bears that are almost all sci-fi stuff from the shows that were filmed up there. So like Alan oh. Tudyk from Serenity, a couple people from Smallville are there. Any and, BSG stuff? Uh, yes, there was some Battlestar Galactica signs cool. stuff, too. Uh, Jamie Bamber, at least, who is Apollo, right, on that show? I don't really pay attention to their names. To the names, especially yeah. if it's one of the guys. Yeah, especially. Uh, who I just know the hot Asian chick. Who pay, And her name is? Grace Park. Oh, Grace, if you're listening, mm. would you call in and, and, and think about fanboys? Anyway, yes. Uh, I agree with you. I watched the Battlestar Galactica episode last night and thought, oh... He's cute. He's mm-hmm. really cute. Mm-hmm. And right. feisty, too. And feisty, too. I would also say of Linda Park out there, who was Enten Sato and Enterprise, let's get to her. Uh, Linda, I'm the drama teacher at your high school, so please uh, call in. We miss you. And I'd also like to say if Ray Park's listening. Dude, um, love your work. Yeah, you, you do good karate. But uh, we wouldn't want to date you. No. So, uh, no. No offense. No offense, yeah. Mr. Park. Yeah, good karate. Good karate. Bad dating. And there we go. So, uh, I apologize. I, I will put up a piece about this auction because it's, it's for a battered women's shelter in Vancouver. It's a great cause and, and uh, a lot of celebrity stuff that people, I think, that listen to Fanboy Planet and cool. Fanboy Planet would be interested in. So, again, I apologize. Uh, but read the site. I will post a little thing. And uh, and the computer's back, right? So I now, have a uh, computer back, yes. It's, it's, so we'll be updating more frequently. We'll be trying to update more frequently. This is a stressful couple of weeks here. I'm very nervous. I updated when I could, grab time in, it, in a lab. And uh, now we're It's a good thing I had a kick-ass 300 review to put up. Oh, well, uh, thank heaven yeah, you did. Yeah. And I'm getting my art, art capabilities back. That's so why you got a banner late. <laughs> I finally emailed Michael Goodson and said, please, please. So there we go. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's so that's Vancouver, a little closer to home. Well, actually, let's talk about a, a big comic book thing up top because uh, this is an exciting day for many. Here, March fourteenth, uh, not the latest issue of Needle Blake Vampire Hunter, which was announced as being coming out today. Instead, that's pushed back number five. But we got another vampire theme. The Vampire we... Slayer season eight, number one, begins from Dark Horse Comics today. First came, it came out. I haven't had a chance to flip through it. But people are very excited. Joss Whedon's actually writing the first six issues. Steve, have people been going crazy over it? The the Buffy? People been coming in? Oh, okay. okay. All right. So a few more copies. Absolutely. So, a popularity that sort of, did that sort of take you by surprise? Mm-hmm. 
So. Can I ask the obvious question here? Sure. Um, Joss Whedon, uh, no, Firefly movie didn't do so well. Wonder Woman movie's not happening. And now he's writing comics. Is this a step down for Joss Whedon? No, he's still writing. Oh, is he coming back? Is he coming back? He's directing another film, and I can't remember the title of it. He's got another uh, sci-fi slash horror film. Okay, okay. That he's working on Uh, the Wonder Woman thing. You know, I I I can't fault him. I mean, he he did his take. No, no, no. I'm just saying though, isn't it like do some people see as a comics as a step down when you're Mr. Making movies and making your own TV shows. I think he's doing it... Uh, or just mainly for the fans. This is for the fans. He's okay. doing it not because uh, he has to. He can't get work. There's plenty of other things. I mean, the guy, even before he got really famous for doing Buffy, I mean, he was an incredible script doctor. Uh, oh, I love that band. The script doctors? Good good band from the uh, 90s. Here, why don't you know where I got a pocket full of kryptonite? <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> he, was a, he wrote... A lot. Of, I think he was even involved in the first draft of Toy Story at one point. Uh, hmm. I know he was involved in the first X Men film. He, you know, he's scripted a lot. So, I mean, there's always work for Joss Whedon, even if he's not. People aren't thinking he's a great director. I, which I think he is. He actually directed an episode of The Office a few weeks ago, uh, involving a vampire bat. Oh, well, that was a good one. Yeah, so that was a really fun. You know, I mean, it's really, yeah. He's in demand. He's doing what he chooses to do because he can. Okay. And he likes comics. He's a big fan of. He's only going to write six issues of Runaways for Marvel. Mm. He's only going to write six issues of uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer season eight. But he is. He has assembled a team of writers, a couple of whom were on the Buffy show. Jeff Loeb is included. Uh, and if you think that's an odd combination, Jeff Loeb did. Uh, was supposed to be the producer on the Buffy animated series that never quite happened. Wow. But he is very intimate with the Buffyverse, if you will. Hmm. Uh, Brian K. Vaughn is, has jumped on. So, I mean, you know. So, so this is a, so a good time for, for Whedon fans this week. Whedon fans, this is going to be great. And I, I really hope I, I. Have you previewed the book yet? I have not previewed the book. I did, I did buy it. Mm-hmm. Joss, we love you. I paid, I put money in your pocket, even though I nice. don't know if you need it. But Dark Horse needed it. We love Dark Horse too. And uh, so I think it's going to be a good good book. I'm really really looking forward to reading this. I'm excited. I know. Do, we, do we have a like a, a plot summary or I synopsis? don't know. I got to tell you, I trust Joss Whedon so mm. implicitly, and I hate being spoiled on what Joss Whedon is thinking. Okay. That I really have avoided almost all pre publicity on this book. All right. Well, so, then let me ask you this: um, for a person who's not a Buffy fan or, or just not really involved. Um, where did season seven leave off, and where is this gonna, you know, where where do you think? Uh, okay, let's just let's start with there. Where did season seven end? Season seven ended with uh, Buffy and her friends uh, destroying Sunnydale. The entire the whole town. The entire town was taken over by uh, vampires and demons, and the the, the head was on it. it was a town built on a hellmouth. So the whole town was destroyed. Ain't that the darndest thing? Uh, but in in the process of trying to get an army together to defeat the demons that were trying to come through. Uh, they had activated something like four or five thousand potential slayers because in the mythos they had said that all that there were many girls who could become the slayer, but only one could be active at once. But what Buffy had realized was that that was because men had cast the original spell and they were afraid of ha- having too many powerful women running around. So men had limited it. Uh, Buffy and the gang broke that limitation. So there are several thousand young girls running around with superpower. Well, well, let me ask you this, though. Are there so many thousand special trainers out there, like there were in the... Watchers. Yeah, watchers, are they called? So uh, so now these guys are all running around trying well, to train no, no, all these thousands is, uh, of girls? Allegedly what season eight is supposed to cover. We the, When we last, we actually saw... Is there a union for that? I mean, how do they... Perhaps. Did they get perhaps, emails? The it's like, whoa, my slate just teamsters. jumped up, yeah. and uh, I'm a case group. group. They've got ah, a case group. Um, but when we last we actually saw Buffy from the back was in the final uh, season. And of, I like watching her from the back. Uh, <laughs> final season of, eight of Angel, mm-hmm. uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar didn't actually come back. They put somebody in a wig across the crowded dance floor. Angel and Spike went to rescue her from a character that they hated who was dating her. And then they realized she had moved on. They needed to let her move on. So she was going through a period of just sort of relaxing because the first time in her life she wasn't the only one that it all depended mm. on. And so that's I when we there lost could be it. only one. That's oh wait, no, that's oh, you're right. Okay. okay. Sorry, I get all my I get all my shows mixed up. No, you don't. Oh, okay. Messing with me. Oh, okay. Well, good. Buffy fans rejoice. We do. It's a good day for a Buffy head. 
It is indeed. Mm-hmm. It is still, of course, not a good day for those who worship the Star Spangled Avenger. Oh, it's a shame. It's a dark day. A week later, and Captain America is still, still dead. dead. Still dead. Uh, however, his shield has been willed. We have the footage on Fanboy Planet. His shield was indeed willed to Stephen Colbert. This is true. The Colbert Report. Fine American. Fine American. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. But we're still not happy. How do you feel in the aftermath of the death of Captain America? I, uh, I'm still indifferent. Um, I don't think that uh, I don't think the event was really held uh, or done the right way. I feel like the book was kind of sloppy. Um, but overall, like you know, I'm a Cap fan, Cap fan all the way, and um, you know, so I mean, ultimately, I was kind of upset that they were going to do it, but at the same time, I was like, Marvel, whatever, they're going to pull whatever stunt. But uh, the one thing I was talking to Steve about was how can and I don't know if we discussed this last week, but we'll just bring it up real fast again. Mm-hmm. Is how can Marvel expect any emotional kind of pull or or uh, shock value about losing a major character like Captain America when just three weeks earlier they released? Captain Marvel, The Return. You know what I mean? Basically, one of their iconic characters that was dead since the 80s, and, you know, a big deal about him being dead and staying dead, and about well, 20 years later, they uh, needed to renew the license, so boop, brought him out of the ice, and now he's back. Mm-hmm. And, you know, made a big old appearance in Civil War, so um, how can they expect the readers to just go... Oh, yeah, death is a big deal in the Marvel Universe. It's not. We all realize that, so. So do you think that means that, uh, you know, how about on the DC side, will Jimmy Olsen die? Because apparently Jimmy Olsen must die. Um, I would think that I, I like the hype on that book, but I'm hoping that it's all, well, I don't know if I'm hoping, I don't really care about the character, but I think it's all going to be hype. I think it's all going to be about, and that might make an interesting story about every week, you know, Jimmy Olsen, you know, that might make his character more interesting if, Every week he must die, you know, and he escapes one way or another, and, you know, it's like, wow, Jimmy Olsen's pretty resourceful, and, you know, he's a plucky little kid, so... I think that's happening in the pages of Countdown. I don't think it's a separate series. Okay. But uh, still, you know, there's something to bring Jimmy Olsen back to that kind of... Because there was a time, man, when when they actually had a book, Superman's Pal, Jimmy Olsen. Right, right. That was a cool book. Hmm. And it's also the one book, the one Superman book that... uh, Jack Kirby was allowed to play with, so it's part of the Fourth World Saga, and a lot of people sort of forget that in the oh. wake of the New God stuff. Darkseid actually first appeared in Jimmy Olsen. Wow! So they're bringing it back full circle with the aren't they bringing back the Fourth the Fourth, fourth World, world and year for the Fourth World? Absolutely. And so they're bringing it no back. And there, I, I got to say, as much as I disagree sometimes with the way they pull things, Jimmy off. Olsen must die. Thank you. Yeah, we. <laughs> that was so creepy. It wasn't even the Jimmy Olsen must die part. It was the it was chewing in the ear. He had just taken a bite of broccoli. So- oh, he had a mint. Whatever. He was suckling. He was suckling. That's even, even more creepier. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Okay. Good. Let's just stop talking about it, Steve, because mm-hmm. I'm uncomfortable. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think my only uh, the thing is is that not being an old DC fan or whatever. My only image of Jimmy Olsen is from the Chris Reeve Superman movies and that one guy, and uh, yeah, and that was it. So if yeah, if they give some Jimmy Olsen some screen time and roll the character out of him and make him a you know resourceful little kid who uh, or you know maybe update him for the you know the the new millennium and mm-hmm. make him like. You know, wear a bandana and, you know, like ride a skateboard to work and maybe play a metal guitar, then, yeah, I think that might work. We might, you know. No, that's not how they. I think. I think that's how everybody updates everything. Dozens of fans just hit delete (laughs) on their iPod. (laughs) Thanks. Isn't that how all the big corporations update a character? That's what they did to Jughead, absolutely. Oh, okay. And it didn't take. They went back to the. Jughead with that odd hat that no one else in nature has ever worn. The Jughead crown, the Jughead whatever it is. Crown. Yeah, I love uh, it. Speaking of things that are not in nature, then what we did see back to the death of Captain America, probably, and one of those, <laughs> one of those get a grip kind of, Sigmund Fraud, psychiatric help. That's a, it's a crown. Oh, the, the Bart yeah. Simpson, he points out, Bart Simpson has, see, Steve has timing, it's a shame he never uses it, mm. but... Back to the topic. Back to the topic at hand. Uh, the people online, again, getting upset about how the the, the strange Joe Quesada, Stephen Colbert love fest going on. There is. It's very and, weird. And Steve Colbert gets the uh, shield of Captain America. 
is that somehow this cheapens the death of Captain America. And on one level, I also want to say, people, he was a fictional character. True. There were apparently, I can't corroborate this online yet, I've been looking for the articles, but apparently there have been Republican pundits very angry about the timing of the death of Captain America that it could be demoralizing to the troops <laughs> who wow. are fighting so hard for the American way of life and Captain America dies. It's some sort of Just huge political statement for Marvel. And, and to those people, I'd like to say, it was not a political statement. It was a statement it designed was a to get attention statement. so that you would all buy Captain America number 25 and they could make tons of money on Just it. Just tell them all that uh, Superman's still alive. He came back. Yeah. And so, he got rid of the mullet he had. Well, no, I just yeah, I just mean that, you know, if you're looking... And the bandana know, and the skateboard he was wearing. <laughs> I'm just saying that, you know, if you're looking for an iconic American hero, there's still Captain... I mean, uh, Superman. <laughs> there's still Captain Marvel. Oh, oh, oh that here. No, there's still... There is still Superman. Absolutely. He's the one that stands for truth, justice, in the American world. The other thing, back to... Not to touch too much on that, but the one problem I have with that book, uh, we talked about this earlier off the, off the mic, was, uh, you know, the just the... The handling of the story, you know, here's this huge, you know, uh, most famous characters in this universe, and he's getting transferred from, you know, prison to courthouse, and there's no, I mean, the security is light, um, he's not, you know, usually when they're transferring high-profile uh, prisoners, they usually got full body armor on them, you know, they're protected so that just these things won't happen, and... In this issue, which, and of course, Marvel makes a big deal about being grounded in the real world. You know, our president is Bush in Marvel Universe, and it's like, well, in the real world, I don't care if the guy's a superhero, they don't transport him out to his court, you know, appearance right. in his costume without body armor, without Because anything. he's not a historically bulletproof uh, superhero either. But this is twice in the Civil War event that what they've proven is that the, in the Marvel Universe, they learn nothing about transporting uh, prisoners from the Lee Harvey Oswald days. <laughs> right. What was that? Uh, uh, so speedball got shot, speedball too. Speedball got shot, you know, almost the same way. Right. And you would think, too, that just happened, uh, I don't know, in the, the the context of the story, what, a couple weeks earlier? Know, a couple of weeks So earlier. wait a minute. People involved in this crazy Civil War thing are getting assassinated or attacked. They learn nothing. Uh, they learn and yeah, nothing. so now we're going to do another prisoner transfer and uh, not put body armor on him. Hmm. Why bother? Good Why thinking. Bother, really? Good thinking, Marvel. Yeah. Keep it up. Because nobody's going to try to shoot a second hero. Mm -mm. That's crazy talk. Right. Absolutely. No one's going to. Especially that. one who's, I don't know, jailed, I don't know, thousands of uh, supervillains or right. bad guys and, you know, might have enemies. I mean, and also, it's not like his origin involves somebody getting shot and. Oh. Wait. And it's not like he was, you know, in a war where he fought Nazis. Come on. He's a target. He's a human target. Put some body armor on him. That's uh, all I'm saying. target, by the way, is uh, trademark. Uh, oh, DC sorry. Comics. He's a human-like target. Thank you. Shit. Is that better? Okay. He's a life model decoy. That's the secret. It's That's what life. I was thinking. It's a life model decoy. That's what I was thinking. Because when they showed his... When, when, I'm sorry. My cynicism is so great. Well, no. When they showed his eye, that last panel, when his eye was open under the thing, I was like, oh, it's like a life model decoy. Or... Another Chlor. No, okay. Chlor, you know, the, yes. it's a so cap clone. Cloaked in America? And it'd be... It doesn't... Captain America clone? Ooh, I like that. Captain America clone. That's it. That's it. There you go. Clone Rogers. Uh, it doesn't have it as much. Maybe not. Maybe not. Uh, but moving on. Indeed. Uh, moving on to uh, sort of... A, I don't know where to go next. Should we... I have no good transition, except that we do know... That uh, you were excited. Well, no, let's talk about, okay, transition to, okay, so the violence and the cap uh, assassination and kind of the craziness of it is bringing like a certain, uh, you know, we talked about grounded in the real world, and it's, it's so hyper-realistic, and we had some uh, previous complaints about Jeff Johns and, and 52 and everything else. And you had made a comment about, let's transition But you're right, Marvel is guilty of the same thing. While Marvel, I think, is I'm, I'm sitting here at the table at Fanboy Planet Comics, uh, looking across at the Hulk section, there's, uh, I'm a little bothered by that, uh, Hulk Power Pack is, is coming after Impaler, so the alphabetization in the store isn't perfect, but, uh, <laughs> it's because of Incredible Hulk, but I look at Hulk Power Pack, and a couple of months ago I mentioned that they were doing this book, and you guys all laughed at me and said, you know, what, Hulk's gonna smash the Power Pack? I think, I have read these books by Mark Sumerak, and, and, 
Mr. Simrack, call me. We love you. Um, I was actually not all that impressed with Simrack when he was writing what were uh, stories that were set in a more adult Marvel universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, he but he's got a knack for the kid stuff. Is that what you're has saying? He a great knack for the kid stuff. And I am not. Are a you power- listening, Nickelodeon? I am not a great Power Pack fan, but he has made me like Power Pack. And the reason I like Power Pack is because all these miniseries have been something I can show my kids. I can hmm. get them excited. And and when he's written an Avengers Power Pack, uh, Spider-Man Power Pack, I think there's an X-Men Power Pack. Now we got Hulk. These are all characters that the kids love to pretend to be, to play with. In action figures, you know, and now they got these mega blocks that are, you know, good for small, small. Homes. I heard they're going to do like a man thing power pack too, or something. Uh, or and Ghost Rider power pack. He who knows duty oh, burns right. at the man things touch. Uh, they've sorry, logically Scott. kept the, the more supernatural characters out. Thanks, Steve. Uh, but it's, it's blade it's, power pack. I'm sorry, blade power pack. It, it's it's uh, it's still kid appropriate, and and so, that's what comics is all about, right? It should be, but it's not. Mm. And at, at the WonderCon, Jan Jones was telling me, well, I told her a panel, and then she told me offline as well, that I, I would be very pleased by an, an initiative on DC's part to come up with some more all-ages appropriate stuff. But I've been talking, to, I think I mentioned this last week, I was talking with the, emailing, I shouldn't say talking, emailing a reporter from the San Jose Mercury News who covers comics. and was Is that the Nooch? The Nooch. Right. And Nucci was complaining back to me that, you know, the fact that, uh, they have to split their line is what's wrong with comics today. That you have to have an all-ages. They can be the same characters, but there's an all-ages book and there's a more intense book. And because I use this example, Supergirl. I'm, no way I'm going to show the super hoochie that is Supergirl now, as much as I may enjoy reading the book mm-hmm. and the adventures, but there's no way I'm going to show that to my kids. Right. Who like Supergirl. My daughter has a Supergirl Barbie. Daddy and daughter's worlds collided with that figure, and we were very <laughs> pleased by that. I wept when my brother gifted her with that uh, a couple of years ago. And it was great. And she's always asked me, like, you know, what's the thing? She loves the Superman the Animated Series episode where Supergirl was introduced. She loves that. She thinks the character's cool, really funny. Cannot show her what DC has got on the stands right now. Now, I, I, I haven't seen the issues, but what is she? Is she smoking, drinking, and sleeping around and... In the normal situation, and she has now also been sent. She was sent to Earth to, to kill Kal-El. What? Yeah, so she's torn. She's an assassin. She's an assassin fighting her programming, but she's also she's a robot. No. Oh, okay. No, it's sort of again like a oh, like a oh, uh, like a brainwash kind of thing. Pass the time with a game of solitaire. I haven't seen it, so I don't get that reference. Oh, that's the original Matrix candidate, the one oh. watching. Uh, I just go off of uh, Zoolander because they did something like yeah, that. Yeah, they too. did do something like that. Mm-hmm. And where it, where it came uh, for me into sharp focus last week with DC is yes, there was a horrific and again I speak as a, if, if graphic if, if, graphic if kids were, if comics were just for me uh, and if I was happy with comics being just for me I'd be happy with what happened in Fifty Two because I enjoy the story. Don't get me wrong. Again, I am totally wrapped up in the plotting and everything. But Sobek. I think we're safe to spoil this by The now. Alligator Man. So back the Alligator Man, who had been complaining, I'm always so hungry. And he was always kind of a very docile, weak character. He was supposed to be like he was the, a sidekick he buddy. He was like the Black Adam family version of Talkie Tawny, who was a sidekick in the, in the Captain Marvel family. Oh, okay. Uh, it was a tiger, uh, but a, a talking tiger who's always friendly and cool. And Sobek was presented as like sort of this weird Egyptian dark version when it revealed that, uh, that the mad scientist in the DC Universe had built a four horsemen of apocalypse, as in the fourth world apocalypse, not apocalypse like revelations, uh, and that one of them was famine and nobody knew what famine looked like, and it turned out that Sobek was actually famine undercover, waiting for the moment that Osiris, the uh, counterpart to Black Mar- uh, to Captain Marvel Jr., would give up his powers so that he could eat him. And he did. Boy, did he. And it was gross. It was graphic. It was... It was just- and it was also kind of gratuitous, because... There was one big splash play page that basically, you know, showed the point, you know, drove the point home. Then you turn the page, and it's like four more panels of him just chomping down. Yeah, and then the next issue, he shows the half-eaten corpse. Yeah, the carcass. The carcass. He shows the car- the carcass. Same week that that first issue of 52 came, not the first issue of 52, but whatever, that the, the Sobex revelation came, was also when Shazam, the Monster Society of Evil, number two, came out by Jeff Smith, who proves he knows a thing or two about creating... A thrilling adventure that kids can read with bone. And he has an almost identical thing happen 
in that the Monster Society of Evil includes a bunch of alligator men. The Captain Marvel goes to a circus, and the ringmaster is the great Carlini, a little inside joke, Mike Carlin being mm-hmm. one of the editors at DC. Uh, and the great Carlini gets eaten by his alligator men, and all it is one panel, they go, oh no, they've eaten the great Carlini, and it has a foot coming out. No blood, just a foot. You got the idea. I would still feel comfortable showing my kids, like, ooh, didn't that, something gross happen? Mm-hmm. You know, but not like, oh, God, avert your eyes right. and try not to have nightmares about this. And thing. don't lose your innocence. Don't yeah. lose your innocence. Well, yeah, I mean, really. And I, I gotta say, I gotta plug this again. Gosh, Shazam, Monster Society of Evil, Jeff Smith, such a cool book. Such a cool book. And I love the second issue as much as I love the first. It was great. Great rethinking of Mary Marvel because she's like eight and and usually they all become adults. This Mary Marvel stays eight while Captain Marvel is an adult. And it's just a hilarious idea. Don't know why nobody thought of it before, but that's why Jeff Smith gets the big bucks. Well, it's kind of back to, back to the whole, the uh, alligator man eating people, or whatever. You know, the, you know, think back to like the stories we grew up as kids. You know, Goldilocks and the Three Bears, or Little Red Riding Hood. You know what I mean? Where we have elements of the horrific. Where, where the wolf man. eats grandma, or whatever. And it's like, you know, as a kid, you know, we knew it was a fairy tale story, and it wasn't graphic, but it was like, oh, she ate her, whatever. Okay, or he, the, the wolf ate the grandma, or whatever. And you we know, could handle that, but we, we can handle that. We didn't yeah. need to know how grandma tasted, right? Or you know, and how he many ripped off her limb and then suckled on the flesh. You and, know, it's oh, like, and he sucked the marrow from grandma's bone. <laughs> right. Al deals walking by, licking his fingers. Um, somebody's been killed. Wow. Uh, okay. Yeah, our facilities manager's a cannibal. Uh, but. Yeah, and then I was actually this week also, like, I, I took down from the shelf uh, the Showcase Metamorpho, the only showcase book I have. I got it as a gift last year, and uh, so I thought, you know, I really haven't had a chance to, I, I just kind of forgot I had it, and I wanted to, I was looking for something to read, so lightly. So I read the, set, the first couple of issues, uh, actually, they're from Brave and the Bold, and there's, uh, there's a graveyard of super weapons, and there's this praying mantis robot. That impales a guy, and Metamorpho watches him. I thought, this is like 1966, 1967, and uh, we should say, you know, uh, this is, there's been a passing in comics this week from that era, uh, but that, uh, you know, it happened again. It's You see the shadow of the robot impaling a guy with Metamorpho's horrified expression, and it's you like, get the point. I got the point. I didn't need to get it belabored. And sometimes, too, that, that tool in writing is more effective than the actual showing because your imagination is, you know, you leave that up to your imagination. I and think as cool as the writers are for DC, and I really like, I, uh, Judd Winnick's been controversial, uh, and sometimes I blow hot and cold on, on Judd. I mean, you know, not literally, but, you know, I, that, uh, but I, I respect what he does. I think he's a great writer. I think Jeff Johns is a great writer. I think that Greg Rucka is a great writer. All these, Mark Wade, please. As Andy, oh, Mead, as Andy Mead just pointed out, I think people forget like what a great writer Mark Wade is because he's not an outs- as outsized a personality anymore compared to like these other guys. But Mark Wade, fantastic. I mean, DC has got some of the best writers they've ever had writing for them. But I think that a lot of them have forgotten that lesson that less is more. And every show sure. is about how can we just amp it up, amp it up, amp it up. And right. it's, a, it's graphic fiction, so let's make it as graphic but look as at, possible. But look at 52, though. I mean... If you took out the graphic violence in 52, would 52 suffer? I don't think so. I think it, it stands on its own because without that. Because what I'm that. digging is what's happening to the characters. You right. Could, you could have had this devouring of Sobek, and you would have had room that week to show me something else. Mm-hmm. Uh, devouring of Osiris, I mean. You would have room to give me a page about somebody else. Mm-hmm. It would have been closer, possibly, to the project that they claimed it, that it was supposed to be from the beginning. Filling in what's happening in the DC universe. I don't object. I think what's happening in 52 is still great. I really am loving that book. Mm-hmm. But I am bothered that I can't show my kids. True. You know? Yes. Well, that's something that the comic industry is going to have to focus on if they want to survive it is <laughs> in the ch- next generation. It is a children of men situation. We are dying off. And, uh, you know... I, not that we're all cursed, but, I mean, you know, we're getting older. Mm-hmm. And, and the other thing is, you know, they need to start worrying about it because in 40 years, where's Hollywood going to find their ideas for blockbuster movies if there's no comics? Indeed. Well, there's a very so. graphic comic this week that has become a blockbuster movie, literally, uh, which is, of course, 300. Shocking. Last week. Shocking. And you wrote the uh, kick-ass review. I, had, I got a kick-ass 300 review. Uh, 
but there was. It was was seventy million. Seventy million. I think it was a record for March opening. Making I think. Gerard Butler into this into this new action star. Oh, he's he's sought after now. He's hot. Well, he's interested in making a remake of Escape from New York. I don't know if he's interested. I know the the, Someone's the studio is interested, and his name's been mentioned. And my whole thing—he's an okay actor. I just don't necessarily find him all that. My my problem is if you're going to remake Escape from New York, like Kurt Russell ain't available. I mean, he's not a bankable star. He's only uh, coming out in uh, Death Proof next month, right? In the Grindhouse version, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's a good it's a it's a good point. It's not like Kurt's done. He's, yeah, we can't do a, and, just a Escape from New York three. I mean, what, it, yeah, I, I don't know. Hollywood's stupid. But there you go. What? Hollywood's stupid. Why I'll say it again. Why do we want to be part of it so badly? Oh, because uh, they uh, have uh, money. Yeah. Anyways, um, but seventy million, and then you think about this on the heels of Ghost Rider spent a couple of weeks as number one. Surprisingly, suddenly, you know, the, the, it's cool to be a comic that, movie again. That fear you had a, few, a couple of months ago of like you got to support three hundred, mm-hmm. you got to see Zack Snyder make Watchmen, and you were afraid that it wasn't going to work. And now it's like, oh, man, comics are it. Well, you know what the weird thing and is? Translating is, into the stores? I don't know. Now, I don't know if it's the com- I don't know if the comic aspect for 300... Maybe if the store had a sign. Maybe. I think a lot of it, and I noticed it in the preview, and I've noticed this with some of the screenings my friends are telling me, it's all about just people, the kids, the young guys, the macho guys need some kind of outlet. And this was like this big macho male... Bonding movie, and from what I heard, I, I didn't see it a lot at the, the press screening we went to. But a friend of mine went to opening night, and he said people were dressed as Spartans, and before the movie started, they were yelling, "This is Sparta!" You know, and and it was just very. They were amped. Wait, up. wait, 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 wait. There were people in loincloths. Well, no, no they up? just wore capes, I think, and you know, uh, I don't think they were you know in their underwear like uh, you know the the actual guys, but um. That's like the new Rocky Horror Show. Well, it's just like, you know, I think and it, I think the, you know, it goes, you know, it's something to say about the fans in San Jose or, you know, just in the Bay Area, the South Bay, I should say. People love to dress up for movies. They love to, you know, uh, get theatrical. I mean, you know, in the South Bay, a movie-going experience is a fun it's still experience. A movie, it's still a movie-going yeah, experience. it's still a, a movie-going experience. And so there's, you know, these event movies where... You know, it's a big deal, and, you know, it's, oh, you know, gladiators fighting and killing, and, you know, I guess there's still a market for that. So I don't know if it, uh, 300 success was necessarily because it was a comic or if it was just, you know, hey, another kick-ass, bloody, violent yeah, and again, movie. again, people have been very concerned about, like, the political overtones because it is the Spartans up against the Persians and who are we actually fighting, and I'm yeah. just like, oh, okay, hang on, hang on. I read that in the news. It's an historical event. It really happened that way. And there's, although, apparently, uh, Frank Miller is uh, allegedly uh, very uh, patriotic, very Republican as a result of 9-11, uh, or in the wake of, I should say, as a result of, I'm sure he always had patriotic, I mean, like, which is a word that gets thrown around mm. too much, too loosely anyway. But 300 came before 9-11. Uh, 300 it? came before yeah. 9-11, and it's like, and there's nothing, when you talk about basically guys working to the utmost of their physicality and just kicking butt, uh, well, I mean, yeah, that's from and, his work from the very beginning. That's what Dark Knight Returns is about. Yeah, that's and I what, think the point of 300 isn't necessar- necessarily... He just picked a macho story to tell. Well, yeah, it's not so much... The, the point of it is not fighting the versions. It's that few stood against many, and that's yeah, the point. It, it, and he just picked that one battle Absolutely. To, not, to prove that point. Sometimes cigar is a cigar. Sometimes a Spartan is just a Spartan. And a, a spade is a spade. All right, uh, moving on. Uh, yeah, so, uh, but we noticed the other thing Zack Snyder snuck into a trailer that came out that last sneaky week. Sneaky Zack Snyder. Uh, on, a, on YouTube was that in the, midst, in the midst of a 300 trailer, there is one frame of... I, I always mispronounce his name. Is it Rorschach? Rorschach. Rorschach. Rorschach? There is a frame from of Rorschach. Welcome back, Carter. Frame, no. Oh. oh that, that wouldn't have been as exciting Mr. as Rorschach. Mr. Carter! I'll go... <laughs> I remember once when I was really little. Uh, uh, no, I watched that movie. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the Cotterman. Yes. Uh, oh, my gosh. Uh, no, actually, Rorschach from Watchmen. So he has one panel of a test, some test footage he was trying to put together of how he wanted Watchmen to look. So uh, so you got to look at it. i got to look I at screen, it. I saw a screenshot I still haven't quite regained my graphics capabilities for Fanboy Planet. A lot of pictureless articles this week, mm. unless something can be captured in exactly the right size. Um, 
I'm working on it. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, so you got to look at it. I wasn't able to post it, but, and, but I did save it. And you got to look at it, and what did you think? Um, yeah, of course it looked like a test shot. It looked digital, you know, like it was just kind of a mock-up put together. But if you looked at the spirit of it and caught, you know, what it was, you know, I guess uh, the context of it, pretty cool. Yeah, pretty I'm excited cool. I, you know, because I really want that movie to go forward. And I think Zack Snyder, uh, you know, again, I haven't had a chance to see 300, and people are complaining about it's all style over substance. But, but I think so. For Watchmen. Sorry, but I think so is 300. I think that the 300 graphic novel by Frank, oh, Miller, okay. Frank Miller's work is a lot is heavy on the style. Sure, sure. Not sort of all that heavy on the substance. Uh, so, you know, it, it's... I have no issue with that. I think yeah, and it looks like he handled himself really well. But think of it this way. If you're going to do a watch movie, and he's, he's you know, dead set on keeping it in 1985, you know, doing it all digitally like that, you know, like 300 was, you know, so you can do a lot. You can do a it's lot a with it. Choice. I think you can push the boundaries. And I, yeah. think you can, I think you can pull off a And good. you can actually, you know, which which is weird. If you read Watchmen. Zach, call us. If you read Watchmen, it does. I mean, yeah, it's 1985, and it was, you know, trying to be in this world. But in a weird way, it was a fantasy world. It was like, it was the real world, but it was the Watchmen world. Well, you know what I mean? Never, never left the presidency, for one thing. Right, right. So it was kind of like an alternate world or whatever. So if he creates this digital alternate world, that they all exist in and can make it all believable, then I think it's going to be fantastic. So, yeah, but it's it. just he's got to make sure that he captures and the Rorschach core. Has the comedian's bloody button in his hand in this test shot too? Oh, I don't know if I saw that. Yeah, he's got the the bloody smiling face. Interesting. Which so it, 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 I'm I'm just so excited about this. But he's got to they've, they've got to capture the soul of that movie, and you know it's going to be tough. That's going to be his biggest task if he can. You know, there's there's a lot of different kind of themes in that movie. If you can pick the right one and get the right kind of, uh, you know, uh, let's say, uh, impact, yep. then it'll be good. So it's up to him. Yep. It's yep. up to him. Okay. Godspeed, Zack Snyder. Before we uh, we have our our, 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 our more ridiculous segment yes. planned, I do want to uh, promote something that's happening. We just had WonderCon. This weekend, we've got Wizard World Los Angeles. Oh, did we have a... I'm sorry to cut you off. Did we have a WonderCon wrap-up? We sort of did last oh, week. Oh, we did last we did. week. We did okay, last that's week. right. Sorry. Uh, we were all too exhausted to really talk about it, but okay. there it is. This weekend is, is Wizard World. I Hopefully, we'll have somebody there. Jeff Berman has covered it for the last couple of years. And he's, Sweet. Uh, hopefully, we'll be there taking photos, and we'll, we'll get some stuff uh, from, from Wizard World. Los Angeles, but we finally do have confirmation. I don't think we quite had the confirmation last week that we are getting a major convention here in San Jose. Hacha! Supercon, which is uh, Saturday and Sunday, June 2nd and 3rd, a two-day convention. Uh, looking forward to this, the San Jose Convention Center. Ooh, I can take light rail. You can take light rail. Ooh, going up. Ooh. Uh, but it's got some incredible guests. Frank Cho. We love Frank Cho. Uh, is he, uh, Paul Dini's gonna be there. Mark Wade, who we, I think we just, Mark Wade, we love him. But we just kissed. We love him. Uh, Terry Dodson, Paul Smith, Don Rosa, Marshall Rogers, Bill Morrison, but the special guest of honor, Jim Lee is gonna be there. Sweet. And Sweet. Also, uh, come and meet System of a Down drummer, John Dolmayan. I think it's Dolman or Dol, Dol, Dolmayan. I'm sorry. I, we're sorry, I'm John. A system of a Down fan. I'm more of a Down of a System Def, fan. I would not be able to know. I, I wouldn't be able to tell you if I've ever heard a song by them. My nephew loves them. So, uh, and he's got his amazing drum kit with original art by Jim Lee, Art Adams, Neil Adams, Charles Vest, Mike Luda, many, many more. Bernie Wrightson. Oh my gosh. It's just, the and they, the cool thing about that guy, he is a comics fan, hardcore. Oh, he's about loves to open, his he's books. About to open an online shop. He's yeah, got he's a uh, brick and mortar store. So. I was over at WonderCon. I was looking at his, uh, Comics, old ones, old old Avengers, is like a pristine, like awesome condition. Yeah, he's apparently and uh, apparently something. They're also gonna have a special screening of the new Robotech movie, The Shadow Chronicles. Uh, they still making Robotech? Okay. I, I didn't know. Free admission to all boys and boy and girl scouts. What about scout leaders? Uh, you're not a scout leader. Oh, but you could dress like darn it. And it's half of admission if you come dressed in costumes. So go ahead, dress up like a boy. If I dressed up as a scout leader, can I get in? Yeah. yeah. So if you're this way, children, <laughs> we're going to be talking more about this because, of course, we want to get involved and be there. Yeah. If you're interested, uh, constant updates at www.super-con.com. That's www.super-con. Do we, 
supercon.com. Do we know, was that, is that organization putting it on? They're just called Supercon? Or? Yeah, that's what it says. So cool. I, I don't know much about it. I'm going to find out more. One cool thing I saw on that flyer is, uh, I guess, what, the comic grading people are going to be there? Uh, yes, they will be. This you can bring in the old books. The CGC will be there. There's going to be a cosplay contest. Uh, maybe we could be uh, celebrity guests. Huh? Celebrity judges. Oh. Hey. And we're going to see if we can set up ourselves with a live podcast from there. That'd be, kick ass. That'd be kind of fun. So oh, we'll see. We'll keep you people updated on that. We're we might be giving out post uh, Bridge of Terabithia posters, too. we got a crap load of Bridge of Terabithia posters, because mm-hmm. uh, the timing could not be better. Yes, and if you'd like one, you should email us at uh, editor we've got, yes, at fanboyplanet.com. And we will send you a poster for Bridge. A signed poster. What? Well, we'll sign it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll we don't have it. money in our budget for any actual Fanboy Planet loot. Yes. But uh, we'll, we'll make stuff up we'll, for you. you know, we'll, we'll, we'll ruin other people's loot. Right, exactly. For it. That sounds good. Actually, and I should say, support our sponsors. You go to Fanboy Planet and uh, check out the, the sponsors. In particular, of course, Platinum Studios. Uh, which is going to have a presence of Wizard World's got Kiss, the Kiss 4K comic coming out. Oh, okay. Um, and they are, they are a paid advertiser. Not Sweet. many of the advertisers on Fanboy Planet. Uh, Google Ads, I think you guys know how it works. I can't tell you anymore. Otherwise, Google will get mad right. at me. And please support um, my site. Check that out. And yeah, and by <laughs> all means, check out moreonlife.com. What's good for More on Life is good for Fanboy exactly. Planet and vice versa. Exactly. Because Lon, Lon buys me food sometimes. Yes. Uh, not often. No. Uh, but I ask because especially, you know, I hate to be this kind of guy, but since we did suffer a huge loss this week, uh, last week, uh, t- t- in our techno- technological capabilities, uh, any extra money that could possibly go to <laughs> getting things back on their feet would be great. And any tech support or uh, emails can be sent in, too. To pay, yeah, if you know how the heck to work Vista, tell me. Yes. Rick's out of town. He's usually the guy that tells me. He's gone. <laughs> Mr. Windows. And now to our silly... Segment. It's not a silly segment. That's not. It's a silly segment. Hello. On the lighter side of fanboyism. <laughs> oh, we've got, in the spirit of the death of Captain America. Yeah, we have to pull that the whole time, right? Do I have to? No, no, you, I can't. I can you talk. You can if you want. I mean, well, then I will. It's Edwin. In honor of the death of Captain America, Lord Lopez would like to discuss. Lame ways to kill other <laughs> heroes in the Marvel Universe. Al Dio believes he has some, some lame ways and would like to offer his opinion as well. It is now time for lame ways to kill heroes in the Marvel Universe. Yes, who? Who? What? But who? Who would you kill that way? Is it what you saying? Uh... I think I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this out for him that it's Spider Man because that would be a very ironic death. If Spider Man slipped on a banana peel and suffered a brain fatal brain aneurysm as a result. No, I think Sh- Spider Man's death should be Black Widow bite. No, uh, killed by a giant rolled up newspaper. <laughs> and then which villain would come up with that? <laughs> I don't know. But then afterwards, tissue tissue man would pick up his body and throw him away. That's the death of Spider-Man. Now, would uh, Tissue Man be scented and be special antibacterial? Uh, not for spot. You don't waste the good stuff yeah, on the spiders. You're right. Yeah, you totally. get the, it's the rough stuff you wouldn't right. get to your children. But uh, yeah, I just you know, and this is all in honor of the lame way they killed Captain America. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, other than that, I mean, name a hero and we'll kill them lamely. Okay, uh, let's you know, let's go over this challenge. How would you? Because right now you probably want to. How would you kill Iron Man? Ooh, Iron Man. Um, well, since he's a technological guy, um, why don't we just uh, upgrade him to Vista? Yeah, why don't we just <laughs> why don't we just upgrade him to something and then? Uh, oh, I'm sorry because I'm using the system right now. And then how about he dies waiting for tech support? I'm really out of ignorance. Oh, I really okay. am. I, I freely admit that I I don't like it because I fear change, not because it's actually a bad system. Uh, I, you know, it's just. I don't understand it. Uh, Poor baby. Yeah, thanks, thanks. How would you kill Hank Pym? Oh, uh, giant-sized Hank Pym or mini-sized Hank Pym? <laughs> well, yeah, would it be Yellow Jacket? Um, I don't know. I think that one uh, you would just kind of sit on him, wouldn't you? I mean, I mean he's kind of... Any, ins- any kind of insect hero would kind of have to die the same way, really. I, or, or, no, 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 even better. He's killed by a giant can of Raid. <laughs> or even a normal-sized can of Raid. 
I'd love to see Hank Pym go, what? Wait! <laughs> yeah. So there's Yellow Jacket okay, out of the uh, way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, even Fly better. Dipper. Well, that would be Flyman. Flyman. Is he not dead already? I think I that was, he was a villain, too, wasn't Flyman? I thought Flyman was a hero. No, it? there's the fly. Oh, the fly. The human fly. Not a mar- oh, the human fly. Wasn't the human All fly? the more amazing because... He's real. Yeah, some stuntman. He was a stuntman in this. Why don't they bring that character back? Because I think since he's a real guy, they had to license him. And I think oh, he was a real? Oh. He was. It was actually a stuntman who would go around at Kind of like Super Dave? Yeah. yeah. Terrible. Only not as bad as Super Dave Osborne. Uh, yeah, so... How would you kill Mr. Fantastic? Oh, see, now, I've thought about this a lot, especially... Ooh, okay. No, I haven't. Um, I, you know, I... Say a freeze and lock him in a freezer, but that's that's been done. I think I would put him on a giant taffy puller <laughs> and just keep pulling and pulling and pulling, and then wrap him up neatly into little saltwater taffy uh, bits. I think I know how you'd kill the invisible woman, how or how she's gonna die. Uh, she uh, by bongo bongo. No, she <laughs> she falls asleep uh, uh, on the couch in her invisible form. And the thing doesn't see her, and he sits on her and kills, snaps her. Yeah, if snaps she falls her asleep, though, if she lose, loses consciousness, that should be good. Maybe she's having an invisible boom. I don't know. Oh, okay. But Thing could just sit there, sit on her, and go, oh, what a revolting development. <laughs> Heavens to Murgatroyd. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yes, but I just think that, see... I don't know why the Thing spoke like Snagglepuss right. right then, but... but here's my, here's my point of this whole exercise. It's real simple. It's real simple to kill off one of our favorite iconic characters. What's really hard is to write a good story where they live. So, um, you know, if we want to keep killing more, you know, heroes to sell books. I think we know that good stories don't sell books. Oh, is that what it is? Just uh, crappy, cheap ways to kill people. Cheap, high-profile events. We're always, we're always kill books. CNN. You know, because, I mean, totally. People that... It's like when Ghost Rider came up and people were patronizing me afterwards. I saw Ghost Rider this weekend. It was good, huh? <laughs> what did you think? Same thing. What did the comic nerd are think? You, are, are you okay with Captain America being dead? I just heard. Are you all right? I mean, it was only funny when my brother asked that. When my brother picked up a Superman action figure and went, and he hadn't watched the movie or something, and he saw the action figure, he went, what? He's a photographer, so he's an artist. He knows he goes, the cape is a little darker. It's kind of more maroon, and the blue's a little deeper. I said, yeah, it was pretty controversial. And he just looked up, and all seriousness, how do you feel about that? <laughs> <laughs> and my wife uh, spit lemonade through her nose when mm. he said that. So, uh, you know, people, I've got a good grip on reality. Yeah, uh, maybe next week we'll, how to kill these three heroes in a lame way. Uh, oh, except I'll start I'm, practicing. Except I'm not upset because, you know what, a character died a couple of weeks ago. Maybe he's not really dead. But I totally bought the death. Who? Uh, well, I, I should say more than one because I totally bought the question's death. That's no spoiler now. We know that Renee Montoya is the new question. But I totally bought into Vic Sages. And the reason, hello, to echo back to Captain Marvel being revived pointlessly, the fact that the question, Vic Sage, who constantly was smoking in his comics, not through the mask, but, you know, that he gets lung cancer? Okay, reasonable fate. Reasonable. Mm-hmm. Elongated man. I didn't like that they made him seem suicidal at the beginning of the 52 series. But I, since they revealed there was a deeper plan at work here, and he got reunited with Sue, you can think on some way, and he did a final act of incredible good. You, you know, it was a noble, heroic death. Dying like a punk because your security couldn't remember <laughs> the day. When you transport uh, a, a high-profile prisoner, right. you put him in a freaking bulletproof <laughs> vest. Oh, show me... Sorry, that's insulting to people of mental challenges everywhere. No, but you're right, though. Because they're smarter than the people in the Marvel Universe running the federal penitentiary. No, but listen to what you just pointed out there, though. And this this brings it on home. Captain America, <laughs> elongated man. Which one's more famous? Captain America. Right, and who had the better death? Elongated man. Right. So what well, is that? a dumber name? Let's be honest. <laughs> elongated man deserved to die for name alone. Sure. But <laughs> sure. But his book, the way he goes out, you're never gonna. You're gonna say, "Wow, that, that was a that's good a good way to death. just end and that character." Animal man, and then he has since been resurrected in 52. But even when he died, and it was just like, 
Oh, please, Lord, no. That was heartbreaking. That was, that was heartbreaking that he died. It was a good death. He died for a point in the story. You cannot tell me that what happened in Captain America number 25 was a point in a story. It was a spike in an event to get mm-hmm. good news coverage. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Marvel. Sorry, Stephen Colbert, who's now just, you know, in bed with Joe Quesada. No, but we still love Stephen Colbert. We still love Stephen Colbert. Because he sticks it to the man. Because guess, guess what company is publishing Stephen Colbert's book? Not Marvel. Oni. So oh. the Oni Press is releasing in a month or two. The Tech Jansen Adventures. Jansen Adventures. So... You know, Colbert may may be kissing cousins to Joe Casado. Oh, he might kiss him, might tell him he's special. But at the end of the day, he's going to bed with Oni. <laughs> and who doesn't want to go to bed with Oni? Uh, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I don't know Oni that well. But I mean, uh, yeah, seems nice from a distance. I mean, you know, seems nice enough. Sure. But hey, you know, if I was a comic publisher and I wanted to get. Uh, my books on TV. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'd go talk to Stevie Colbert and too. And you book? know what? Did you see the footage? Back to the Colbert footage. He's a geek. He knows his stuff. Oh, when, when he tapped that shit and said, "This is indestructible Wakandan vibranium, my friends." Oh, like he knows his stuff. Yeah, that's when you're like, okay, you know what? He deserves to have the shield because <laughs> he knows what it's made out of. So, and, and he's not the kind of fanboy that makes me bitter, like Freddie Prince Jr., who not only. Uh, would get something like The Shield, but got to marry Buffy. Mm. Uh, that's why people hate him. It's not that he's that bad an actor, though. I mean, he might be. But it's that he, fanboys hate him because he got to actually marry Buffy. His mm. collection is complete. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't get better than that. So Yes. <laughs> all right. We've gone completely off track. Ho, ho, ho. It's time to wrap up because, lordy, I'm hungry. Uh, <laughs> Broccoli and whatever. The 25 yeah. cent books were very high. Andy wipes his butt oh, with them. Oh, <laughs> they had that time to get toilet paper. So we got a lot of copies of Onslaught, Onslaught Reborn. You might not want to purchase if you know they've, they've sort of been bagged mm-hmm. in a manner of speaking. Ooh. All right. Um, tea bag. All right. So. <laughs> you didn't have to I go there. Did. Oh, my gosh. I've become the Jeff Johns of the Fanboy Planet podcast. Actually, I heard Jeff Johns' new comic is uh, the teabagger. So I look forward to that one. Oh, we like Jeff. Oh, don't, get it. No, don't get him upset with it. Oh, like he's listening. <laughs> Jeff, you're listening. All right. No, I'll read it. I, I, I'll read I, it. I totally read the teabagger. Totally. I'll read it. <laughs> totally. I think, actually, that sounds more like a Judd Winnick book. But it anyways. <laughs> oh, no, you didn't. You did. Oh, my God. Yes, goodness. I did. Okay, you and I could agree to disagree. That's why it's like <laughs> the Judd gets very grim at on panels, doesn't it? I guess you and I will have to agree to disagree. Mm, I'm very solemn. Uh, he gets very solemn. Uh, but he's very funny in panels. So go see him. Uh, anyway, so that's enough. If you got, if you are really outraged at the things we've just said in the last five minutes, email us at editor fanboyplanet.com. Check in on the message boards. Listen in. This is Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of Fanboy Planet. This is Lauren Lopez running the laptop recording today from LaurenLife.com. Excellent. Hope you enjoyed it. And we are reminding you, of course, to use your powers only for good. Thanks for chanting there. Bye-bye. Oh, was I supposed to join in on that? Sorry.